on May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning. It is Wednesday, April 8th, and you're listening to the College Football Daily, a 24-7 sports podcast that's dedicated to catching you up on and breaking down the day's college football news. My name is Trey Scott, and today I'm upset. Why? Because Vince Young is eliminated from the all-time recruit bracket, which hurts my feelings because it's Vince Young, and which also sort of messes up the programming of the week in the College Football Daily because today I'm going to bring in Greg Biggins, a national analyst for 24-7 Sports, to talk Vince Young, back when Vince was a recruit, back when Vince went by Vincent Young, before the Rose Bowl, before the the incredible career at Texas, before the number three overall pick in the draft, and I think the Tennessee Titans game gave him a raw deal. Vince was the number one overall recruit in the class of 2002, he's the top-ranked quarterback in 24-7 sports composite history. He accounted for 59 touchdowns, 3,800 yards as a senior in high school at Madison High in Houston, which doesn't sound like that much now, but was a lot back then. He was the most valuable player in the Army All-American Bowl. He led it in four sports. He was like the LeBron James of college football recruiting in the early 2000s and he lost to arch rival Adrian Peterson in the final four of the all-time recruiting bracket. I blame Oklahoma fans for they did something. Something happened like Instagram. Adrian Peterson blew up on Instagram, blew up on Twitter. Vince Young won the site polling, but overall it's Adrian Peterson facing off with Reggie Bush. So I can take some solace in the fact that that's a fun matchup, but I do not have my Vince Young moment today, but I'm still going to air the interview I did with Greg earlier this week about Vince as a a recruit. I'm pretty jealous of Greg. He's had a cool career. It involved a job at Student Sports, which put on the Elite 11 in which Greg was, was in it. He took these guys to the airport and was in on the meetings, and he picked Vince Young up at the airport, and Vince Young was really shy. And by the end of the trip, Vince Young was opened up a little bit. And it it all had to do with Vince getting his confidence back a little bit. Before I air this interview, one little note for Greg. uh, We are all quarantined and and, and, you know life is happening. And I'm uh, supposed to note that Greg's dryer, washer dryer, the, the audio beep gets a little bad at the end of our interview with him so just a heads up but I hope you power through because it's a really good interview really fascinating look at one of the best recruits of all time and and in my book maybe the best recruit of all time despite the fact that the silly fans on Instagram don't agree with me Greg I understand you have a few Vince Young stories from back when you were working in the uh, student sports line of business and running the Elite 11 camp so Hit me with what you got. I mean, I, for me, it's a great story, and I kind of forgot about it. And then, obviously, last week, 
uh, was the big Texas USC Rose Bowl, and you can make an argument maybe one of the best, if not the best, single greatest game in a national title, and just kind of brought back some some Vincent Young memories. I actually picked him up from the airport um, back in the student sports Elite Eleven days, as you mentioned, and. You know, real shy. I mean, you, at the end of the game, when he's standing there and all the confettis, you just go back to high school. He was extremely uh, kind of an introverted kid, shy. He wasn't awkward. He just was really shy. And those first two days, I'll, I'll tell the story like this. Obviously, an unbelievable talent. And his junior you know, season slash junior film was, was tremendous. But Elite 11 back then was different than it is now. Um, it was much more about instruction and development than ranking kids. And in fact, the first couple of years, we didn't allow media to even come and cover it because we didn't want any uh, players to have negative stuff written about them when this was supposed to be a setting for them just to come and learn and, and not worry about looking bad. And a lot of guys did look bad if they weren't coming from a, a structured type of system. That's what the Lee Levin was. It was about it was very structured. It was very, you know, three-step, five-step drops, all under center. There was no shotgun back then, right? And then you had, to, you know, it's all about reads and, you know, a lot of chalkboard stuff. And uh, honestly, if, you know, I can say this, Young was, he was overwhelmed the first two days to the point where he came to me and said, you know, I want to go home. Like he wanted to tap out. He just wasn't used to that kind of structure. You know, he was a, a freelancing quarterback Kind of what you saw at Texas. And he was a guy who broke containment, broke the pocket, making huge gains, arm, uh, legs, doing all that kind of stuff. He wasn't a guy you're going to put in a, in a box and say, okay, get under center, take a five-step drop. Now, what's your read for this coverage? He hadn't seen any of those coverages, right? So he was struggling. And we kind of talked him into staying. Um, myself, Andy Bark, you know, Bob Johnson, the rest of the crew. And then that night, all the high school quarterbacks all watched each other's highlight tapes. And his tape was just insane. And the other quarterbacks were just freaking out, just freaking out about how great he was. And you just kind of saw this kid who really wasn't saying a whole lot the first two days, kind of came out of his shell a little bit. And then the last two days of the camp, he absolutely just killed it. Just confidence boost, just shot. I mean, it was, if you're a psychologist, it, it was a dream scenario of just seeing a kid who, you know, you can't play a sport without confidence. His confidence just really shot through the roof. And he played, even though it still wasn't kind of his deal, um, but you just saw a different Vincent Young. And obviously he had a historical senior year and went on Texas and national championship and couldn't be happy for a guy just going from where we first saw him to, you know, where he was at the pinnacle of, of college football. I'm, I'm, my mind is spinning right now because you've given me so many possible follow-ups here. Um, and I, I love that you call him Vincent because that's when he was first, you're right, when he was first emerging on the trail of his Vincent Young. And I remember reading about him and, and like, I was like very, I was young and, and my dad, I remember him telling me, all right, I don't want you to freak out. And he hands me the newspaper and it's this story, Vincent Young commits to Texas over Arkansas. And I, it was one of the best. <laughs> anyway, so I would imagine, Greg, that you guys probably were watching him those first few days because that wasn't that wasn't his scene like that's not what made vince vince and you guys were probably like oh man and i like think about think about him now think about vince young now if we took him and put him on the seven on seven circuit i would imagine he would get picked apart he would you know and it's funny and i think we talked about this before you know i talked to chris hummer just kind of hey where would you guys rate him now knowing how you do rankings and what you look for and, and whatnot. And, 
you know, all his other stuff, other than just being a pure thrower, would have been so exceptional. I, I think maybe I'm just being uh, hindsight 2020. I, I think we still would have would have had him fairly high, and the numbers he put up were ridiculous. And the way he could run around, and just the way he played and dominated, I think we still would have. For, for me, he was more of a he was a better pure thrower. I thought he projected better than Terrell Pryor did. So, and I, we all know how how good Terrell was in high school, but. Yeah, I mean, back then, it, it wasn't like it was now. You didn't see a lot of, now it's all shotgun spread, right? You know, back then, especially with Elite 11, the way we did it. You know, Bob Johnson was the coach, and he was not a shotgun spread guy at all. I mean, he was very, I can say this now, he was very dogmatic about under center. Under center, under center, three-step, five-step, seven-step drops. And the chalkboard stuff just had people overwhelmed, but... We started to really get into the whole, you know what, quarterback plays becoming more of a dynamic position. And so we started to look for guys that same year, uh, you know, Troy Smith, who won a Heisman at Ohio State, he was also a part of that Elite 11, and, and no one really knew who Troy was. And I actually got in trouble for, for saying this, Trey, but Justin Zwick at that time, he was like the number one, number two rated quarterback in the country. And, and Troy Smith was kind of an afterthought. They both ended up going to Ohio State, but I shouldn't have said it, um, and I was wrong for saying it, but someone said, hey, you know, how do you pick the Elite 11? This was a couple years later. And I said, well, we have what's called the Justin Zwick rule, where we have to see you in person to make that camp because of how bad Justin was in person. And we never saw him prior to the Elite 11. We picked him based off his, you know, his tape and his kind of his accolades. Never saw him work out. And... People thought that was a, I took a cheap shot at, at Justin's, which, which that was wrong of me to say that. But my point was, Troy Smith was the guy who we saw at a workout and fell in love with. And people said, hey, you know, are you surprised that, he, that Troy Smith chose Ohio State? And I said, not at all, because he saw Justin's would get the Elite 11 and knew he could go and beat him out. I'm going on a way a tangent away from Vincent Young, but the, the point being... We kind of wanted to start to move into that area of getting quarterbacks that can move, that were mobile, that can stress the defense with their legs and their arm. And we thought, you know, if we can teach these guys, um, you know, just some, some basic stuff that could help them to go along with their high-level athleticism, you could have a really special college quarterback. So that was, that was kind of the start of, of wanting to go away from the, the standard pro-style guys and more guys that can move around and be more, um, you know, multi multifunctional. I love that you mentioned Zwick and Troy Smith because Texas fans listening – or Vince Young aficionados listening, he he beat those both of those guys in 2005 uh, when Texas went to Ohio State in week two of the season and, and notched a signature win. Those, those Wake and Troy Smith split snaps at quarterback, and Vince Young had a really good game. It's And it's also interesting, Greg, that you mentioned the under center, under center, and this slow sort of this, this slow reluctance to kind of depart from that, that style because Vince at Texas – Redshirted his first year, sits behind Chris Sims. And, and then in 03, is in this weird quarterback timeshare with another guy named Chance Mock running this pro-style type offense. And not until Mac Brown and Greg Davis, like Vince was struggling. And there was some question, like, is this guy actually ever going to succeed as a quarterback at Texas? And Vince was struggling. And not until they said, let's let Vince be Vince and run the offense the way he runs wants to run the offense – to Texas take off. And that also ties into what you're saying about him being shy because until they said, let Vince be Vince, he did not assume control of the locker room and he did not sort of feel comfortable implementing his style and his persona and his character 
onto the team. So I kind of circle back to you picking him up from the airport and you watching him interact with people. Was he like, were you worried about his alpha mentality that it wasn't there? Like did, did it, I, I like that you mentioned him getting confidence from other people celebrating him as a sort of watershed moment for Vince. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's politically correct to say this, but I mean, I'm, that's not really me anyway. I just I know Vince was from from Houston, Texas, and he was used to probably being around predominantly you know other black people. And and here's this guy who picks me up from the airport, and I'm you know Hawaiian Irish, and everybody else is white. And it, I I would imagine that also kind of was a little bit uncomfortable for him at first. Now there were a few other black quarterbacks. You know, Gavin Dickey um, was also a part of that for that that class. I mentioned Troy Smith already, um, but Ben Olsen and Matt Gutierrez and some of the other, you know, Trent Edwards, all from kind of, you know, the California area, Tyler Palco from Pennsylvania. Those were like the big name dudes, kind of the alpha personalities. And Vince was very just, he looked like he was just kind of out of place. And, and I get it. And what you just said, 100% goes along with what we saw firsthand was, you know, he was put in an uncomfortable position and whether it's basketball, baseball, or football, you put a guy in a position where he's not going to be comfortable, he's not going to really shine. Once you allow him to be him, all of a sudden, not only will his personality come out, but man, his athletic traits will come out. And that just kind of, again, we saw it, you know, and not to brag, but to our credit, the last couple of days, we started doing more stuff. We started doing more rollouts. Um, we started doing stuff that would actually feature a little more athleticism, and, and that's when his game kind of took up, took off as well. So it wasn't just the standard three, five, seven-step drops. It was doing, you know, so, some quick reads, some rolls, um, some boots, all kinds of, you know, different stuff. And so as far as did I, did I think he was – I still kind of felt like he had an alpha personality because you saw it on the field. I mean, you saw his personality when you watched his tape. He wasn't this shy, timid guy on the field. And so, you know, yeah, we did ask the question, hey, can this guy command a huddle? And we we had no doubt he could. It just it didn't that part of his personality didn't come out until the last couple of days. And then I took him to the airport um, at the end, and it, again it was a radically different guy. I mean, he was open, he was joking, he was funny, he was loose. On the way f- to the from the airport to the camp, he was shy, one word answers. It was me having to try to control the whole conversation. It was painful. Um, so it, it was two radically different kids. You've had a cool, Greg. You've had a cool, a cool career, man. I mean, you've hung out with a six. You've you've taken a sixteen to seventeen year old Vince Young to the airport, and you've. I mean, that's just the tip of the the guys you know and the guys you've watched kind of grow up. That's really cool stuff. Appreciate you joining us. Oh man, it was fun. Memory lane, always a good time talking to you, Trey. All right, that's gonna do it for today's episode of the College Football Daily. I appreciate Greg for joining us. Thank you all for listening. Got a few more episodes in the can this week. I'm going to talk to Steve Wiltfong about what's going on in the recruiting world in the era of coronavirus. And then on Friday, don't forget we have our game rewatch, Kansas State versus Texas A&M 1998. The implications of that one were pretty big. Not only did A&M win in overtime, but it knocked Kansas State out of the BCS National Championship game, which if you're Kansas State, you don't get that opportunity very often. So Tim Fitzgerald of Go Power Cat on 24-7 Sports is going to join me to talk about that. We're going we're gonna to commiserate a little bit about it. If you appreciate what we're doing, please leave us a five-star rating. If you have a good idea for something we should talk about, drop us that idea in a review. 
For Greg Biggins, for our producer, Tony Levitt, I'm Trey Scott. We will see you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.